another episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here with my co-host, Jordan, and we are talking about Legend of Korra Season 2, second half of the uh, season, so it's like, what, episodes 8 to 12? What? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Or maybe, I think 8 to 14, sorry. Yes. Uh, regardless, second half of the episodes, or season. Um, okay. I have said several times before that season two, in my opinion, is the weakest. And upon rewatching it, it has further uh, confirmed your bias. confirmed my yeah confirmed my belief that I think season two really is the weakest. Uh, and if that's the case, if that's the case, that's the weakest that I've seen so far mm-hmm. from this series. Yeah, I'm I'm not upset. No, I I agree. I hundred percent agree with that. Uh, it's one of those situations, like you know, if this is the, it's one of those things, like where the weakest is still good. You're like, okay, yeah, yeah. I can, like, I can work with this. I, and that, and that, and that's why I was okay with. Um, and again, I don't have many qualms with this season. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, gave us a lot of lore and background. Um, especially, I enjoyed the wand. I enjoyed wand. That's yeah, yeah. Then that was uh, the art style there and everything was really cool. Oh yeah, the, it was. Um, it's just it's reminiscent of Japanese art per se. Yep. Kind mm-hmm. of, which is I obviously think, is it Japanese or is it more Chinese? I honestly, I'm not even trying to be funny. I, I legitimately can't. I think it's Japanese art. Okay, I think at least the way it looks to me, and obviously I'm just an American. But God only knows what my worldview can change if I ever visit any of these places, which I'm very open to. Um, we should do that sometime. Just me and you, just go to Japan real quick. Yep. Hey, I'd, I'd, I'd at least be with a guy of a different nationality, so I would not be looked at weirdly. <laughs> Like, see, we're friends. I could they would just look at us that. weirdly. You, yeah, yeah, they're like, you would not be looked at weirdly as an individual. Yes. We, we, you two are a group. You guys are a thing. Um, but, you know, going into the second half, it was more just like, I feel like it was more just Cora getting her butt kicked. Um, yeah, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't just Cora getting her butt kicked. It was also, it just felt, I don't know, like... It, I don't know. The, the final fight just felt very weak to me. Like, you got Fire Lord Ozai versus Aang, final fight, you know. You had the Siege of the Northern Water Tribe in Avatar Last Airbender, you know, when he, uh, you know, bonds with that, the the water spirit mm-hmm. and becomes a massive fish and, you know, destroys the Fire Nation Navy. So you have all these, like, cool battles. You had this fall of Vasing Say, you know, and then you had the battle between of Aang and Katara versus Zuko and Azula. So you have all these cool battles. And then you have Batu becoming a Megazord. And then Korra <laughs> becoming a Megazord. And then that was punching. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, who are probably much younger than us, Megazord was the um, giant mech like thing that the Power Rangers summoned at the end of every single fight. Like, episode, every episode. Every episode. Every episode for yeah, some reason. It's just like, why did you wait? Giant. Yeah, why did you wait to summon the Megazord? Why not just go straight to the Megazord? We all know you're going to do that. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Goofy was, it was slim pickings when it came to TV shows back then. All right, leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> It was um, Dragon Ball Z and like that's it. Uh, yeah, and do you know what? I think that's honestly why Dragon Ball Z stood out to us when we were kids is because when you have like Dragon Ball Z and then freaking like the nonsensical stuff that was Power Rangers. By, it's was like, like when did Beyblade come out? That was dumb. Ooh, no, no, <laughs> Bay, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Beyblade was dumb, but it was cool, dumb. All right, it was it was dumb in the sense it was like wow, you got monsters inside tops, but yeah. 
I understand. The actual I understand. toys were so cool. Oh, the toys are so I, cool. I had some. I had some. I was Me and my buddies would literally use them for 15 minutes and they would break, but it was fun. They were fun. Do you remember that jumping one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, they eventually... I, they event, I eventually got to the point where I was kind of done with it, but then they came out with that or they came out uh, with one. I have and, to put you back in. And then I, yeah, and then I kind of played with them for a little bit longer and then that was it. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that, you know, that was kind of what it was, right? I, I, now that I think about it, I'm, like I was looking back with rosy glasses and then you said, you know, after 15 minutes I was done with it. I'm like, wait, that was me too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in your mind, you're like, man, I had so much fun with it. But did you really? Did you <laughs> really? Um, but yeah, so I... But anyways, back to the Megazord thing. I don't even know how we got from Megazord to... Who knows? <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Batu becoming a Megazord and Korob herself becoming a Megazord. This is why I don't like it because I think consistently the weakest part of both the Avatar series has been when any time they've gone heavy into the uh, the spirit stuff. It's like they and, almost kind of... They didn't make it as interesting as they could have made it. Yeah, and uh, it, it's just it's the interesting part was it was interesting earlier on in the season, I think, but then it kind of seemed to almost fall apart towards the yeah. end yeah. because I, I liked how she lost her memories. I like how she had to go into herself and I'll be honest with you, even though it hurt me a lot, seeing Rava get destroyed and then seeing all the past life connections be severed hurt me a lot. Yeah. That was when I first watched it, especially even now when I watch it, I'm like, man, that sucks because you know, so, okay. So, Let's talk about that particular event, because I do want to touch on that. When I first saw it, um, when I first watched the show, I thought that it was it meant that uh, Aang, Roku, Kiyoshi, Avatar Ko, all these, and then Yen Sang, I, I'm trying to show off here, all those, all those avatars are like, their spirits are gone. Right. But now when I'm watching it, they're very particular in their language, and they said that the connection was severed. So to my understanding, the spirits are still there. They're just connection to the Avatar path is right. severed. So It's like your no guides longer, are gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She can no longer call on Aang's experience or knowledge at all. So she is essentially the first Avatar all over again. The Avatar cycle has restarted anew. Right. So is it is it restarted anew, or is it... Or is it, or is it done? And maybe multiple people can be born with multiple elements. Oh man, you know, I don't like that. <laughs> like a misborn kind of situation. Yeah, see, that's um, kind of what I was getting. Like a twin born. Yeah, I. That's it. That would be an interesting idea, a concept to explore. I think. Well, you're spreading the power out to everybody at this point. Yeah, it's not just one person held. But the only way that individual human was able to maintain all four Rava. elements was because of Rava's spirit. Yeah. Now, if they did something like where Rava's spirit was shattered and it went into all human beings, kind of like preservation, right, with the mm-hmm. mist and everything, then I could kind of get it. Although I think at that point, season three and season four would look very different <laughs> if yes. everyone's the avatar. Um, but. Um, yeah. So is there a t- there, I'm assuming there's probably going to be a time jump then. Oh, no confirmations for me. No spoilers here, boys. Fight me. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but anyways, there is one thing actually I did really want to talk about, and I forgot to bring it up last episode, so I'm just going to go ahead and bring it up now. Uh, do you remember when Iki, uh, Tenzin's younger daughter, got? Oh, she went missing for a bit, right? Yeah. I okay, so I think I've not. I wouldn't say alluded. I've pretty much come out and said that I, I'm a parent. Both of us are parents, you know. And I'm always looking for things on how to improve my view of the world, view of myself, view of my family, friends, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, uh, TV shows is actually a really good avenue for that, believe it or not. People just think that, like, oh, it's just entertaining. And if that's all you get out of it, I don't, I don't like, you know, I'm not going to represent it. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. But I think there's more to be learned because, you know, it's, it's a writer's trying to teach you something, too, sometimes. <clears throat> right. And in my opinion, I think Tenzin was a great. He, I think he's a great father, in a. And the only reason for that is, is that Ang was a good father to him, right? Uh, Ang was not a good father overall. I think he was a good father to Tenzin, which um, is crazy to me to think that the, the the avatar, this enlightened human being that has access to all of his previous lives, mm-hmm. would be a bad father to two, well, but not to one. It's funny. It's interesting. Uh, let's, so let's go ahead and talk about that too, because I didn't want um, uh, to uh, discuss that. I, in my opinion, the reason, and I think it actually made sense why Ang was a bad father to both Bumi and Kaya, is that, and, and it's not wrong. I'm not justifying what Ang did here, by the way, for anyone right, listening. Right, right, right. This is wrong. But one of the things I think that really stuck out to me is that Ang himself was not raised by a parent. Right, all all the yeah, he has no concept of what a good parent is. Even even back when the monks were alive, the monks are very specific in the sense that they don't have the concept of parent and child. They have concept of community. It was more a concept of community. Yeah, yeah. The air nomads they don't have parents, right? They're pretty much separated from their parents at birth, and you know, like they have parental figures in the sense of like how he had monk gyatso, right? So we know that. But I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. It's not the the it's real not, deal. Yeah, it's not the same thing. It's not they're not parents, and it, it, at, if you take it a step further, um, it wasn't just the fact that he had no parents himself to really, you know, uh, model it off of. It's right. also the fact that um, he's trying to revitalize an entire nation that was slaughtered. That's not easy. He he is repairing the world because okay yeah you can end the hundred year war but guess what that doesn't mean that all conflicts are over you know there's going to be a rebuilding process there's going to be a whole uh process of figuring out okay does this land go back to the water nation or or, sorry water tribes or earth kingdom or does it stay fire nation because and this is actually something tiny spoiler about the uh, comics which i haven't read a whole bunch of but I know the overview of one of the series was that um, this was actually uh, it almost started another war right, right uh, after Aang ended the war, Hundred Year War. Was that these firebenders, these Fire Nation civilians, have been living on former Earth Kingdom territory for so long it's become their home for at least five generations, right? right. Because a Hundred Year War, twenty year generation per generation, that's five generations. Right. So if they've been living there for five generations. Again, yes, it was conquered territory. I'm not going to – obviously no one's arguing that. But the argument becomes is like, okay, well, I understand that my people conquered this from yours. But my 
me and my family have built a home and life here for the past five generations. Right. So I should just give it back to another family who's never seen it. Right. But then so obviously the Earth Kingdom also has an argument. They're like, okay, you, it was taken from us. The only reason our people haven't seen it is because you took it from us. Right. But then it, then it comes up with the moral dilemma that is, I mean, you can't really own land. The, the, the Earth is free to everyone per se. The only, the only reason that we think we own it is our own perception of reality, which is wrong. So I personally disagree with that. I think you can own land. Uh, and it just passes from person to person as they see fit. Now, obviously, how do you dictate who owns it initially? That's another story. And the way that humans always did it was, if you can't defend it, I'm going to take it from you. Right. But, but, but the point that I'm making is that the moral dilemma is that didn't make the land right they didn't nobody made the land right but like people can claim land but that mm -hmm. doesn't mean that that's full ownership of the land but again this is more philosophy than it is the, the no, reality but of the I situation mean, but i think it's i think it is relevant though right you bring up a good point that like yeah you don't necessarily own it and but then it gets into the whole argument of like you know like i had said that well you your people and this is gonna sound really bad but it's true, especially the way that humanity has been for up until relatively recently. Is you haven't you weren't able to protect your land, so I came and took it. What are you going to do about it? Fight me, literally. Per se, per I literally no, literally fight me. And if you can't fight me, <coughs> I guess I keep it because you're not going to be able to stop me from having this. Right. So then and, Aang has to find that perfect balance. Exactly. Uh, so so now imagine when you're doing all that. Like, are you really going to be able to have time for all three kids? So, again, I'm not saying that he was a bad, uh, that he was a good father or that it's just he had a, he pretty much had a divine duty. Yeah. Well, he, per se, per se. Yeah, he, he basically did. I agree. I think he, on a certain level, you kind of have to just be like, you know what? It sucks that I, uh, I'm going to have to basically sacrifice to a uh, parenting two of my children for the sake of the world. And, you know what? That, that, that's the choice that he made, and we can go, we can go back and forth about whether or not that was the right choice to make. But I think, considering that Tenzin became the man he is, I think allowed Korra to be who she is. Mm -hmm. And if that wasn't the case, then maybe the world is screwed after that. So right. sometimes bad things happen for good things to come up later. Yeah, the destruction of the old for the new. And you know, I really. I don't know. My, one of my favorite characters, again, one of my favorite characters is Tenzin's son. I can't remember his name. Uh, Milo. Milo, dude. I love that little kid. Yeah. And, like, it's funny because, like. A, he's a good airbender, dude. Especially at that young age. Especially when he's farting on people. Yeah. Oh, dude, I mean, okay, come on. We've never seen that kind of level of bending. Fart bending. Ah. Fart bending, baby. But, no, it's like, um, I like it because they depict the, the air, the, like, being an air nomad. It's not all, you know, meditation, good, happy thoughts. Like, they're humans. They're mm -hmm. still human. And in, I, I think I, in the original Avatar series, I think you get a little bit of that. But in this, it really shows that, like, oh, nomads were just per se. Because, of again, this is, this is after the, all the nomad, nomads were wiped out. So, obviously, they adopted children. But now you see that the, the, air, the one single air nomad that's left fathered children. Mm -hmm. So then it kind of humanizes the nomads so they're not like this holier-than-thou figure. They're yes. still humans, yes. and I and really I enjoyed they, that. And I think Tenzin, it's necessary, right? Yeah. It has to happen. Right, because Tenzin even shows that, like, 
he's not this Buddha monk. Like he accepted his feelings, even though that they were frustration, anger, happiness, sorrow, all those things. And that, and but this is where I think that. That that last line that you said, that's exactly it, right? And I think people have this weird concept of what like a monk is. It's not like mm-hmm. they don't feel those feelings. Right, right. They don't feel – I mean they, if you're going to punch a monk in the face, he's still going to get frustrated with you. Yeah. He's still probably going to defend himself. He's a human. But he's right. able to think about, oh, if I knock this person out, I'm not going to kill them. I'm going to figure out a more pacifist way. And it's yeah. like – it's those things that they think about, you know – and I, I really liked that portion of them showing the air nomads in that manner. Yeah, no, I liked it a lot. Um, no, the, this, uh, the concept of like the nations and whatnot and the different, obviously the bending of the different elements controlling them is not a new concept, but the way that it's done in this world is really cool. Right. Um, and, you know, if we're going to, I want to go back to that final fight. Sure. I, I don't know if we've touched too much go for further it, on go it, for it, but I liked. I liked the fact that after the final fight, Korra still had a consequence. You know what I mean? Like there was still a responsibility taken for her actions. The yes. connection was lost because of mm-hmm. poor decision or some sort of, you know, knowledge that she didn't have that she could have had or should have had if she would have adapted herself earlier. Maybe or maybe through... she didn't. She if she didn't trust um, uh, um, Tarlock. Tarlock. No, Talon. Tarlock. 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 Something like that. Why do I Unalak? Unalak, my Unalak. goodness. Yes. Yeah. I can't sometimes they, they get mixed up. But like I liked how they didn't just like give everything back to her. Like they still gave her a journey. Yeah. Yeah, no, continue. I agree. And uh, the lasting impact of the fact that the past lives connections is severed is a very big deal. It it hurt me a lot and also I think to for a lot of people to actually ruin the the experience for them because, you know, they have a, a lot of audience, myself included, have a very deep emotional connection to Aang and the gang. Right. And so when the writers essentially killed off Aang in this, not just it, it I, I think some people thought that his spirit was killed off, which it's not. It's just the connection to Rava. Connections. Yes. Yeah. So I think that, first of all, that misunderstanding also hurt. And then, yeah, again, you know, just not. Because obviously he's dead, so we're not really seeing him. But the fact that we'll never, you know, never be able to see him in any future series, because again, the connection is severed. Is at least that's what you thought, obviously. Yeah. And I haven't seen it the next two seasons, so like she could reconnect. But the point being made is that that probably turned a lot of people off because yes. it's like, oh, I'll never see Juan, I'll never see Aang, I'll never see all of the other previous avatars, which you know because you're a nerd and I don't. <laughs> I but am indeed a nerd. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it's true though. I'm a nerd. But. It, it, I I liked this season, but again, I understand why people thought that this season was one of the weakest. And if that's and like I said, if that's the case, I will really enjoy the next two seasons oh, because next I season sit down for sure gonna enjoy. Because when I sit down and watch, I try to watch all episodes, all six episodes or eight, six to eight episodes at once. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like that's good. That's good binging. You know. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so. Again, I think the biggest problem that I had was like the spirit. It just seemed a little inconsistent because, again, I know we talked about this last section or last episode, I should say, where the spirits in Avatar Last Airbender seemed different style artistically and just the way they were Mm -hmm. to the spirits that we saw in Legend of Korra. And I feel like that that just it's there seems like a weird disconnect there. And then again, 
just like the whole ray beam thing. Like, I mean, you know, like he becomes a massive megazord and he's firing laser from his chest. Like, yeah, what I just is figured this? that he would just be water bending. Like, he would yeah, actually maybe like, have access to another element, or maybe it's an ether or spirit element. But it just I, the beam I think, was weird. Yeah, and there's no sort of explanation of like, okay, what kind of power is that? Like, I understand that Rava and Vatu themselves cannot bend elements. I, I get that. But like you said, you know, if you take in the, the fact that Unalak is a waterbender, then maybe, like, you know, some massive icicle that he's just firing all around, just something. It, it just feels so rushed and not thought out on right. just that front alone. Right. And so I think that that really ruined the experience for me for season two. Um, and then uh, Mako and Korra's relationship. Done. I didn't. It, it was not done well at all. Uh no. It's like almost like Mako like was just juggling the two women women per se like because you know they were all making eyes at each other and yeah. she loved him and I loved her but it just didn't it just seemed like that was Cora's like first relationship and she kind of had to learn about relationships possibly for future yeah like and I, and it, that doesn't uh, I'm I'm okay with her learning I'm okay with them breaking up but it's just I don't know Cora. I don't know, their relationship, I never liked from the beginning because it feels like, okay, you know, Maka was with Asami, then he actually liked Korra, but he didn't want to chase her, and then Bolin liked her, and he, like, kind of stole Korra from Bolin, so he didn't even give Bolin a chance to have Korra. So, I'm not a big Mako fan. No, and I I, I really think that Bolin and Korra would have worked out better. I do. Um, I think so too. I think just at least personality traits, and at least with their the way, like I don't know, the way Boland felt, it almost seemed like he would have made a better boyfriend per se. I, I agree. I think the concept that, like you know, the funny comedic relief character can't be the main character, or the relationship with the main character just feels. I, I get kind of annoyed with it. Now, I don't know if right. that's me projecting my own annoyances because, you know, I'm the kind of, I'm the funny guy in all my groups. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, I think I agree with you. I think just their personalities, I think Cora and Bolin, I think Bolin, the way he handles people in a very relaxed way would have been more suited towards Cora when she needed somebody, which again, like I said, last episode, Cora was being very unreasonable with Mako. Mako, I think, handled oh, yeah. it relatively well, but I think with Bolin... I think he would um, just making her feel lighter, making her feel, you know, uh, reduce her stress. Right. Would right. have gone a long way. More of at peace. Yeah. You know, because she, when she's looking for a mate, obviously you're the avatar. And if you're the avatar and you're looking for a mate, you want somebody that's going to relieve the stress of being the avatar. Right. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, if you remember uh, in Avatar Last Airbender, the Northern and Southern Water Tribe are essentially unlinked. You, you got the Northern Water Tribe, which is like, you know, castles, essentially. I mean, it, it's a really neat looking place. And you got right. the Southern Water Tribe, which is literally just Huts. a bunch of tents. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the defender is Sokka, a, what is it at the time, 13, 14 year old kid. Right. So it, they know that they're not even being attacked. So they leave literally just a mid teenage boy uh with very limited training to <laughs> yeah not really a general more like a tactician yeah yeah guy. and i mean again we all saw what sako is capable of, but i like you know it's very clear that 
Sokka's dad was not expecting another invasion, and you know he was basically right. Right, um, right. <laughs> but uh, what I, the point I'm trying to make here is that the Southern Water Tribe was disconnected from the North, and essentially they were left to just survive and just fend for themselves and just you know get food, water, hope the Fire Nation doesn't notice them, and then just keep going that way. The right. the problem ended up being that because of that, the Southern Water Tribe became very disconnected spiritually speaking. And I think that that's exactly what happened. We see the Legend of Korra, you know, obviously, however many 70, 80 years have passed since Last Airbender. Right. Um, we see that the North is pretty, you know, still relatively spiritually connected and the Southern Water Tribe, is, it isn't. Because when you, when you go, when you become like a base animal, you don't have time to think about spirituality and yeah, yeah, meditation, religion, none of that stuff. All you're thinking about is, Where's my next meal coming from? Is the Fire Nation going to find me? Okay, That's replace it. that with where's my next check coming from and what do I have to do when I get home and you've got modern day society. No, and I 100% agree with that. It's because, uh, but I think a lot of the times that you can use that argument about where's my next check coming from for like the people today who are like maybe more poor and that holds up. But if you're like somebody who is just really bad with money and you're just obsessed with buying things and, go, oh, man, I can't wait to get to the weekend so I can go drinking with my buddies again every weekend, that's no longer on society. That's on you, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's like the degradation of the human. I look forward to things of such instead of being present in the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, that that was I thought that was really cool with the Southern Water Tribe being disconnected and the Northern Water Tribe because they were able to kind of survive the Fire Nation onslaught for so long because, you know, they had like an organized kingdom, essentially. Um, right. They were able to maintain their their cultural values. Um, there was one last thing I want to talk about, which is kind of harkens back to the Tenzin being a good parent thing. When Iki went missing... Actually, I actually didn't even finish my point. The way Tenzin handled Iki going missing was actually really well done. Because when he found her, he could have reprimanded her. He can be like, "You do you know how dangerous it is? But he we were down. in the mountains. We were in the mountains. Like, I, For people who are not used to like mountain life, I don't think you understand. When you get lost in the mountains, you're essentially dead. Oh yeah. If you don't know, if you, like, well, especially a child. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I can understand if like, me and you and a couple of buddies got lost in the mountains, and we could probably figure out something to stay alive for a while. But yeah. a child on its own? No, that's that's scary. Yeah. So whenever he found her, like you said, he sat down with her. He gave her the time. He didn't rush her. He he did not like say, "Hey, you know, how are you doing?" He did not even he did not even bring up the fact that she ran away. He just, in fact, he said, "Can I join you?" Plus, I love seeing the little air, the uh, little uh, flying bison. Oh my freaking god, they were so cute! Oh, I want one. I want a flying bison puppy. Dude, you know what? If that was a real thing in this world, you would not be able to afford it. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, no. The amount of hay that they need to eat. Oh my! Well, not even that. Probably buying them would be like a couple mil. I want to become a millionaire just to buy a flying bison. Oh, dude, honestly. I think I think if that was like a, a a real attainable goal in life, I think there would be a lot of people our age like. Literally banding together just to buy a flying bison. I mean, come on, it's free flight, yes. and they're cute as hell. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Those those flying bison are adorable. Um, but yeah, back to your original point. Like, her, <laughs> yeah. No, her I mean, sitting down or him sitting down with her was a wonderful parenting moment for oh, yeah. for people that don't understand what that does for children. Yeah, because you know, 
and this is again, this is a learning moment for me as a parent uh, because I got little kids myself. Is whenever the, sometimes kids just get overwhelmed and they need to run away, and you just forcing them to come back. You know, say sorry to your mother, say sorry to your brother, and you know, don't you ever do that again. Go to your room. It's just like this is you're overwhelming a kid that is already overwhelmed to the point that they ran away. Right. 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 So you need to like, you know, give them the space, figure out for themselves, guide, like, you know, put on the guardrails. You know, he was there defending her, making sure that she was safe. And then whenever she was ready to go home, she, she, it, remember, notice he did not say, OK, I think it's time to go home. It wasn't even that, which I would have actually done. <laughs> I, I, you know, because they were there for mm -hmm. maybe a few hours, I think maybe even over a day. So he could have said, OK, you know, maybe it's time to go home now. He took it even a step further and didn't say anything. He let her, Icky, the little girl, he let right. her dictate the whole, right? You know, movement. Because again, it wasn't like a serious life or death. It wasn't mm -hmm. anything where she was going to get hurt. So he didn't, he didn't have to become that person. He could exactly. let her become the person. Yeah, let her uh, let her go back on her terms so that she feels like it was her choice. Okay, I went back. On my own, this was not forced upon me. So now, whenever I'm back, I can I can't say, oh, you know, the only reason I'm back is because then you know mentally they turn the guns on you, right? If he had forced her home and then she gets into another fight with her siblings, which you know she will, that's human beings, um, and then she hates her siblings again, she's not gonna think in her mind it's like, oh man, I remember when that time I ran away. Why did I come back? Oh well, I came back because my dad forced me to, but now. If she thinks, why did I come back? I'm going to be like, you know, I cooled off for a bit. I know that families are difficult. I realized that I was fine and I will, I will be fine again. You right. got to let them connect those dots themselves. And I, and I thought this moment, I, I didn't realize it before because last time I watched Legend of Korra, I was not a father. So actually, no, I might have been a father then, but I, my kids were very, very young, like to the point where it's like, you know, they're still in diapers or something. But right. so... Yeah, this this moment was very very beautiful to me. Uh, probably one of my favorites of the entire season. Yeah, yep, yep. And and again, we already like. I mean, I, I've never heard somebody, or at least online, never seen anybody or heard somebody say anything bad about Tenzin. They've yeah. always appreciated the character, and this yeah. just confirms my appreciation for the character. Yeah, no, he he really is a great character. I I didn't like him as much before, and not that I disliked him, but I, I didn't really I think appreciate him as much. And then this right. time, I'm like, wow, he's pretty cool. I did notice one other thing, and I completely forgot about this, is that um, Aang's kids will sometimes call Aang by their first name. You mean Tenzin? Yeah, Tenzin, Bumi, Kaya, they will call him Aang sometimes, which I think is part of, like, you know, the nomadic, the air nomadic culture, right? Because there's no concept of parenting. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Aang was okay with them calling, his kids calling him Aang. I, I, there's no confirmation because I know there are times when he did see Aang, he would say, you know, dad. So it's not like they use both interchangeably. But if you noticed, they have never, they have never called Katara by her name. They have right. always said mom. Right. I, I find that really beautiful because, you know, you got that most powerful being in the world as your dad. And you can call him by his first name, but your mom, no, she's mom no matter what. I right, love that. Right. I think that's that's cool. awesome. I know I didn't realize that, but now that you brought that up, that that's good. I'll have to catch that maybe possibly on a rewatch of some sort. That's the cool thing about rewatches is you can sit around and look up a like you notice like stupid little stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think I'm about 
that about covers it for me for this episode. Do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, no, but we don't we see Iroh? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, for those of you listening, like, we can't touch on everything. But yes, Iroh. Oh, my God. Um, Aang's kids him. knowing him and they saying, oh, Iroh. Like, oh, it's so beautiful. I wanted yeah. to cry. I loved it so much. Yep, I appreciated the little snippet that we got of him, even though we won't see much of him probably. I don't know, but I, I like that. That that made me happy. Yeah, no, I – that – man, it, it was so, so well done. I, I – yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't describe. I can't put into words how much I absolutely. And you'll love never guess Iroh again. What's up? You'll never guess what they were drinking. Tea. Oh yeah. Oh, it's like wait, is this a trick question? No, he's always. Just <laughs> I was like, hold on, am I overthinking be, this? That dude has to be so caffeinated. I know, but no. Remember, in the spirit world, you don't get any calories. That's you don't true. lose any. That's true. But you don't, you don't get, get any, any either. <laughs> Uh, that yeah, man. I, I uh, for those of you listening, um, when I was a kid, I can't describe to you how much Iroh as well, both Iroh and Zuko, how much both of them meant to me growing up. Right, they were they were so huge in my life, giving you wisdom. And to this day, like if you listen to our last Airbender episodes, like to this day, I feel like Iroh is still teaching me stuff. Right, and you know it's funny. Like he takes most of that, most of his teachings or little quotes that he spouts off during the spouts off is kind of an aggressive term. Hmm. That he what was a better word for that. Well, the teachings that he presents to the to Korra, it's funny. Or Aang is always, or I guess Zuko back in the day was always. It's always from an actual philosopher. It's all real quotes they just reworded really? some of it i mean yeah it's all they're all real quotes they just they reworded it to fit the avatars i'd theories. love to hear the actual quotes if you if you ever get a chance to pull those up i'd love to hear those because yeah you know, yeah like i said they're they're very i mean you know they're informative and they're they resonate they yeah they resonate that's a perfect that's the word yes. i was looking for they resonate they literally if you has if you have a reasonable mind in the veil of the veil of the world is lifted in front of you. You start to think about these quotes and you're like, they are very applicable to understanding the world around you because these people who What do you mean? Came up these with people. These, right. <laughs> these people that came up with these quotes, they literally their whole life they watched. They were watchers. They yep. watched how the world worked. And whether it was, you know, Whatever BC, AD, whatever whatever time period you're talking about, these people understand the world, whether they died a death or philosopher's death or whatever you want to call it. They the wisdom still holds true today. And then I hear Iroh say this kind of stuff, and I'm like, dude, this is just awesome that he they put this in here and it was um it resonated with me. Yeah, no, I agree. Um but that's yeah. it for me. That was yeah. that was that was the ending on that one. No, that was actually a really good ending. Thank you. Like I said, if you get a chance for to pull those quotes up, I'd love I'm gonna to have to look them up now. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but yeah, that about covers it from us for that episode. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you all next time. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe I should probably tell you which episodes we're gonna watch. We will watch episodes one through seven of season three because there's only thirteen episodes. So 
yeah. Get used to shorter seasons, by the way, because that's actually one of the things that really a lot of people disliked about Korra is that F, and that is actually a direct that directly impacted the enjoyment of the series, in my opinion. But anyway, right. season three, episodes one through seven. Uh, see you all later, and thank yeah. you all for listening. Absolutely.